Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's High School Huddle Podcast. As always, I am Peter Dawson, joined once again by Brian Gossett. Brian, what's going on on this uh, on this Wednesday afternoon? Oh, just hanging in there. Another week of uh, football games. It's actually the final regular season games before the playoffs get going next week. Uh, we'll take a look back at some Week 10 games, but we're going to Really talk about a lot of Week 11 matchups, uh, district title races on the line. So it should be an exciting episode. Obviously, we want to spend uh, some attention on the games last week, but obviously with the playoffs and, and the final week of the regular season, like you said, coming up, uh, I think our most of our attention is going to be that way. But first, uh, we're going to highlight the two games uh, from Week 10 that you went to, and I'm going to start with the district title game between Kennendale and Benbrook. If you want to hear us talk about that game from last week, you can, but huge game for both teams, uh, two teams that probably love to run the ball as much, uh, if not more, than any team in the state. I mean, they're almost mere Im- images of each other, excuse me. And the name that we start with, as we have so often, is Quentin Jackson for the Bobcats, uh, and last year's state runner-up with the Wildcats, kind of, I don't want to say Clash of the Titans, but but again, a huge matchup. Uh, outcome was a little bit shocking from my end. Game got ugly pretty quick. Kennendale wins 52-14, to 14, and somebody we talked about last week and in the weeks before, Quentin Jackson had was on, is, was on pace and still could, you know, set some records in terms of state rushing in Texas. But there's this this Kennendale team finally found a way to contain him. Brian, you were there. How did they do it? They just uh, big up front. You know the Benbrook offensive line just really couldn't make any movement for for Jackson to to get going. I think and in the end of the day, his longest run might have been 12 yards. Uh, I think he finished with 44 yards. Obviously a season low. He came in. 2,500 yards and 30 touchdowns, and like like you said, it turned out pretty ugly pretty quick. Um, Kennedale found some ways to actually bring in the play action and threw some long touchdown passes, which you don't often see with Kennedale. You know, I got a 54-yarder from uh, Spencer Roof, and then Carrington Roblo had, a, had another one, I think 34 yards, both by Evan Jowers, their quarterback. And the thing that we didn't talk about last week uh, that we need to make note of. Their running back, DJ Curvin, for, for Kennedale, he returned. Uh, he had missed the five previous games. This is a kid that's he's nearing 5,000 yards in three years. You know, all-state player, 2,200 yards last season, 40 touchdowns. Really him. I mean, it was, it was all him. Uh, 268 on the ground, three touchdowns, season high. And uh, that was a difference maker. And Canada clinches the district title for the seventh consecutive season. Their winning streak in district now, 39 games. They get a bye here in week 11 before they get ready for, for the playoffs. Well, it's interesting. One quick note about that game. You know, so many offenses in high school and college these days spread, spread it out, let quarterbacks run and throw, move the ball through the air, try to put up as many points as possible. And these two teams obviously stick with that running game. But the only problem with that is, and, and uh, Kennendale, I mean, excuse me, Benbrook dealt with it, it, it probably the worst way possible, is that when you run up against a team that does the exact same thing that you do, and they do it more effectively, I mean, holding Jackson to 44 yards, 
means that, that you're putting a tremendous amount of stress on your defense, and then you add on the fact that, that Kennendale can run the ball like that. Yeah. I, that's, that, that's about a worst-case scenario if you're a team like that. Right? And if you haven't seen Kennendale, they run the uh, wing T. The old wing T formation and three backs. Yeah, three backs and everyone. Uh, they have a player in motion every single snap. And do they use wide receivers? So, some of the old wing T's run two tight ends. Probably unheard of for a lot of people. Uh, they had a tight end last year. You know, they got a big kid, Jaden Smith, six six, who's committed to Montana State. But the since, Bobcats. But since they don't, uh, you know, pass the ball too much, you know, he doesn't have to catch the ball. Obviously, with more weapons and, and Roof and, and Roblo there, and uh, J.D. Coffey had a big pick as Ben Brook was trying to get back in the game and trying to pass themselves. Uh, they just couldn't get it going, and Canada was just too much for them. Uh, like we said, the Wildcats district title winners and see if they can get back to the state, state title game like they did last year. Yeah, both teams obviously – going to be looking to make a playoff run and, and obviously Kennedale on a roll right now and Ben Brook despite the loss you know there's still a good football team with an incredible running back yeah so you, you figure both should be in relatively good shape heading into playoffs oh yeah now we're going to head over to the other game that we talked about for week 10 and that's in taps you went to watch Nolan Catholic at All Saints again this was another game that we talked about last week now last season all Saints was the team with the wagon, just overwhelming, amount, yeah, yeah. O- overwhelming amount of, of future college football talent, and and there still is a little bit there. But you know, you picked Nolan Catholic uh, this year because they they seem to be that team with the overwhelming amount of talent. But this one was a lot closer than you, and I think a lot of other of the uh, was it Texas high school media mafia, Experts, yeah. yep, uh, thought it would be. Comes down to the final minute, excuse me, minute. Nolan Catholic does prevail 31-24. The Vikings clinch the district title and taps 6A, but it was not the game that you expected. Yeah, I thought Nolan would win by maybe two or three touchdowns. All Saints uh, had their struggles. You know, last year they had a wide receiver who's now at Oklahoma. Their quarterback went to walk on at Oklahoma State. Um, those two guys are, are graduated. and uh, But All Saints at home, you know, this is a – Fort Worth battle, both teams in Fort Worth trying to be the best in taps, and uh, they gave them a fight. Um, I, I think it was their last home game for All Saints, so a little more you know, momentum there. But Nolan Catholic actually got up to a pretty comfortable lead, and then they just couldn't – they just could not move the ball in the second half. Um, I believe they were, they were up 23-7 to, to seven, uh, there at halftime before All Saints came back. And they actually had a chance to to tie it up um, there in the final minute, but Nana Osafa Mensa, their big six uh, four defensive end, committed a Notre, Notre Dame, Dame guy. Yep. Yep. He's uh, it was third third and long, and he just pressures the quarterback uh, for a loss of like fourteen. Refs throw a flag because it was a uh, uh, downing illegal. Uh, help me out, the quarterback. Uh, intention, intentional, intentional grounding, grounding. yeah. So I lost it down. It turned out to be fourth and long, and uh, All Saints couldn't do anything there. You wrote a story on the the Notre Dame commit this week. I did. What 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 happened? I mean, you could check that out on star-telegram.com and DFW Varsity. What was that about? I, I saw the headline, but I, I didn't get a chance to read it. For those who have not read that story, yeah, you should check it out. Yeah, it was just uh, if Nana, he had committed in the summer, and just seeing if – 
coaches are still offering him or recruiters are still talking to him? Are you, is he bringing in offers? And, you know, he told me it was he shut it down. It was all Notre Dame. He's not even talking to any other recruiters. I think Brian Kelly has enough to worry about yeah. with Notre Dame right now, you know, being a college football playoff team, right. at least in the rankings. Now, that was kind of the appetizer from week 10. Now we're going to get into the main course here for week 11, what everybody is tuned in for. The final regular season games of the season, excuse me, get going Thursday and Friday night this week. District titles and playoff berths on the line uh, all over the place. The big ones, and we're going to start with a Thursday night game in Arlington where the Colts and Lamar kick off at UTA Maverick Stadium. Both schools are 9-0 and playing for the district championship, excuse me, district championship in 4-6A. The Colts looking for their first district title since 2009. Lamar has not won the district title since 2013, so kind of recent success, but, but both looking to get back there. That's a, that is a cannot emphasize enough how big a game that is for both programs. I think it, it's, it's a huge statement. Obviously, both teams want to remain undefeated. You're going to go. Brian, what do you what do you see and what do you expect? Because the last time you picked a game with these two teams, it, it got you a little bit of backlash. I don't really uh, pick very well, so. <laughs> but um, yeah, this should be a high scoring affair. I feel like, you know, both defenses are, are really good. Uh, Lamar's allowing 13 points a game. Um, Arlington at 19. I just feel like that it's one of those games where the first team that makes a stop is going to win. Uh, both teams average, you know, combined 96 points per game. Uh, Lamar at 50 a game and, and Arlington at 46. Just tons of talent all around. You know, uh, Jahari Rogers and, and Jock Dawson, two of the top quarterbacks in the Fort Worth area, uh, both with over 1,900 yards and nearly 30 touchdowns. Um, Lamar, you know, their running back, Jordan Williams, really coming on. As of late, he's already had a game of 400 yards rushing this season. Uh, he's up to almost 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns. And then the receivers, uh, Trey Cleveland from Arlington, he's a Texas Tech commit for good reason, a big kid, uh, almost 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. Just looking at some of the numbers, I mean, they're they're kind of similar. Um, you know, points scored and allowed this season, rushing yards, passing yards per game. Nearly identical. Arlington has scored 52 total touchdowns this year. Lamar at 51. And I actually did a story that's up on DFW Varsity, just kind of the impact of what it means that these two teams are playing each other. Um, it's the first time that Arlington ISD has had two teams 9-0. and Both getting in the playoffs. Getting right? the playoffs. And this has no uh, impact on the seeding. Because Lamar's going Division One, they're the top seed there. Arlington, number one in, in Division Two. But uh, check out the store; it's it's really cool because you know if you know Arlington and and Lamar, then you know the Peach, the Peaches, the che- Peach family. Uh, Scott Peach is the the football coach now at Arlington, and and the late Hall of Famer Eddie Peach uh, really built up Lamar uh, for forty plus years, uh, and they went to state uh, in nineteen ninety. So. Just kind of ties it all in, and and just what it means that these two teams are nine and zero for for North Arlington and and their community. 
Yeah, no, it sounds like a great story, and you guys be sure to, uh, our listeners be sure to check that out. Now, kind of outside of that story, what, what do you? I mean, they're both nine and zero. One team after this week is going to have one loss, and the other, the other, the winner will be undefeated. What? How legit are they to make runs in the playoffs? Because obviously, you look you look at the record and you say, well, they should be. But I mean, how good are they? Basically, is what I'm asking about for both teams. You know, Lamar's obviously going to have the tougher task because they're in Division One. There's so much firepower in D1 right. with Eulis Trinity and Carroll and Duncanville. I mean, I'm not really positive when they would meet up with any of those teams. Um, I do think they they would probably get uh, a first-round win. Um, right now it's kind of looking like it could be San Angelo Central. Um, it, it, kinda, it might be Eulis Trinity, and if that's the case – We've been you talking know. a lot about that game. Yeah. Um, Arlington's got a good chance. They went to the third round last year and, and um, very dynamic on both sides of the ball as well as Lamar is. So, uh, you know, I think just the fact that Arlington's in D2, um, I'm leaning more towards Arlington making a, a better playoff run. Fair enough. And if you think that matchup is good, it's not the only undefeated district championship game on Thursday night even – Little ways down the road, we have Birdville and Ryan kick off from CH Cons Complex up in Denton. Both teams again also nine and zero. Birdville looking for its first ten and zero start and district title since 2012. Ryan uh, obviously been also been an intriguing team this year. They they've seemed to have to have lived up to kind of how they started the season at least in terms of the rankings even. Maybe climbed a little bit. They're ranked number three in the state for Class 5A. They've kind of been the team to beat the past three years now, which which is a pretty strong streak. The Raiders have won 37, or, or excuse me, have gone 37 and two the past three seasons with back-to-back trips to the state semifinals, the Final Four. There, really impressive, kind of established. I mean, they they know how to win. Birdville obviously trying to, like we said, trying to get back there. What does Birdville have to do to win this game? And 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 what are you looking for? Well, they got to score a lot of points, and they can't turn the ball over because Ryan is really good on defense. They've actually scored ten touchdowns on defense, led by their top uh, top guy Drew Sanders, the Oklahoma commit, the Mister Utility, do, does it all, plays offense, defense, special teams. They've held, they've held four opponents this year to under 10 points. Um, like you mentioned, going back, you know, 37 and two with with state semifinal appearances, only losses coming to Highland Park both times, who went on to win the state title with with John Stephen Jones. Right. So they're they're been knocking at the door trying to kick it in. It right. seems like seems they, like they're this, undeterred again. Right. This might be the year with with Jones gone. Uh, they might actually beat Highland Park. Who knows. Birdville, uh, just some stats. You know, they're getting better week by week. Stone Earl coming off a 300-yard passing performance. He's got 1,900 yards and 24 touchdowns. One of the best quarterbacks in the state, right? Yep. Got to be. And just uh, junior. Uh, another junior, Ladarius Mixon. Um, he's really been improving. You know, the first five games, he had 700 yards rushing, nine touchdowns. He's nearly matched that with 10 touchdowns in his past four games. And then seven different wide receivers have uh, have caught a touchdown pass. 
And then for Ryan, you got brother Seth and Ian Hennigan, uh, fifteen hundred yards passing, sixteen touchdowns. Just look at li- listening to all these statistics. I mean, th- this seems just like a numbers game. It seems like maybe who has the ball last. There might the be track no, meet wins. There, there might not be any defense for <laughs> any of these two games here. And uh, Ryan does a really good job running the ball too. Twenty-eight touchdowns on the season. Yeah, and, and like you said, that defense, Ryan's defense, which has been so good all season, you know. One of those teams gets a stop. You get you figure you might give the slight edge to Ryan with the pedigree and and the defense there. Another district title on the line on Thursday. Man, you finally got some. You were complaining about the Thursday slates these we last couple of weeks, Thursday but it games. seems like they piled them all. You're going to be running all over DFW. Another district title on the line Thursday when Cedar Hill travels to Desoto in seven six a. Both teams eight and one and five and one in the district. It gets a little bit tricky here. The winner would get at least a share of the title uh, and possibly the outright district title, depending on what happens uh, with Lake Ridge and how they, um, what type of result they produce against Summit. DeSoto has won the three meetings, including a playoff game uh, in 2016, and the that's when the Eagles actually won. State title, right? Two years ago. So, DeSoto seems like they're they're prime. Both both teams seem primed. Uh, again, don't want to put you on the spot because you're a track record of predictions. But who kind of has the edge going into this one? A lot of talent on the field. Yeah, a lot of talent. I think the edge. Uh, I'm just going to take the easy way out and uh, go with the home team, DeSoto. Uh, both teams, you know, have really impressed this year. You know, last season was was down uh, in terms of both their standards. Cedar Hill missed the playoffs uh, for the first time since 2004. And DeSoto coming off that state championship only went to the second round. It'd be a fun game. Cedar Hill looking for the first win against DeSoto since 2015. A lot of more stats here. Shandarian Ward, DeSoto's quarterback, accounting for 2,500 yards, 28 touchdowns. Fonte uh, Sheenault, the Texas Tech commit. Um, leaning receiver for the Eagles and and defense. I mean, this might be a defensive battle. Uh, 17 takeaways for the Eagles. And then Cedar Hill, going to give a shout-out to the the big guys up front. They have a top 2020 offensive tackle in Cortland Ford, who actually at the very moment right now is uh, committing. He's going to be picking between LSU, Alabama, Georgia, TCU, and Baylor. It's a nice list. Yeah, it is. but, you know, Cedar Hill's also got a lot of firepower. But I've seen a couple of games now between both these teams, and there's been games where not a lot of scoring has happened. They've won with their defense. So it, this very well could be the same result. And, by the way, these two teams, for obvious reasons, uh, hate each other. You know, we got video last year of them almost getting into a fight before the game. So we'll see if that happens again this year. And for all our uh, Cedar Hill listeners out there, you know, if, if Brian's track record is in any indication, a few weeks ago, the Haltom folks, I think when Haltom, the episode after Haltom won over uh, Euless Trinity was our, was our highest listened to episode uh, of the podcast thus far. So if Cedar Hill, if you guys get the motivation from Brian here, you guys come back and win. Uh, he, he will, he, I, I admit, he did take his medicine like a man after the Haltom game. So if Cedar Hill does prevail over DeSoto, be sure to tune in uh, next week. Now, finally, we're getting to the Friday games, all those, all those great games on Thursday night. But Friday night uh, provides us uh, another district championship game in Taps, uh, excuse me, this time in Taps between undefeated Grapevine Faith 
and Fort Worth Christian. Brian, what what should people know about this game if they're if they're a little bit less familiar? Not, maybe two teams that that aren't as much on the radar uh, compared to some of the names we talk about, some of the teams we talk about, and names we talk about kind of on a week to week basis. Yeah, these are these are two of the better teams in the area in terms of the lower uh, classification and taps. Like you mentioned, Grapevine Faith undefeated. They're eight and zero. Both teams three and zero in district. So winner will get that outright district title. Uh, Grapevine Faith a little momentum because uh, last year they took a, a beating to Fort Worth Christian who won 38-13. Um, some numbers again, Mark Sanders, Malik Caper, two of the very best on the Lions. Def- talking about defense again, uh, six of their eight games they've held opponents to 10 points or less. And then look out for Tyler Noop at Fort Worth Christian along with his uh, top receiver Chance Looper who was coming off uh, I picked him as our top wide receiver of the week. Uh, I think he had four catches, 228, and three touchdowns. But, uh, you know, I think I got faith with the edge just because they've been playing so well, and, and their defense is probably their strongest point. But uh, going back to that Cedar Hill thing, you know, if you if I pick against your team, uh, you got a pretty good shot of winning. <laughs> He's a bit of a jinx. We're gonna to move to uh, what kind of a loose, loose speed round here with some quick hits. Uh, we're gonna start in three six a. The previously mentioned Haltom uh, makes that long five hour trip down to San Angelo Central, Central, where the Buffaloes can go move to ten and zero with the win, and that victory uh, would also clinch the district t- uh, title for them. In addition, Trinity and Richland, if the Rebels can pick up a win, they are in the playoffs. If they lose, and Weatherford, who's had a bit of an up-and-down season, beats L.D. Bell, then the Kangaroos and Ken Seals, interestingly, quarterback Ken Seals, would also be playoff-bound. Da- uh, Brian, what are a few more games that uh, that everyone should keep an eye out for? And uh, speaking of Weatherford, I'll be at that game at Pennington on Friday, see if they can pick up a win or if L.D. Bell will uh, play spoilers. 5-6-A, we got Geyer against Fossil Ridge on Thursday. Uh, Geyer, who kind of looked like they would be in the second-place team there, um, has kind of fallen off the last couple weeks, but they can still manage to do that with a win. Fossil Ridge would need a win or a Eaton loss. Eaton is playing against uh, Keller Central. Uh, but if, if Eaton wins and Fossil Ridge loses, then the Eagles are in, and they're uh, in their first First season at 6A, third season overall as a program. So see if they can make uh, make a run here for a playoff spot. Switching over to uh, 7-6A quickly, we mentioned the Lake Ridge, the game between Lake Ridge and Summit. If Summit can pick up a victory there, uh, the Jaguars will clinch their district. They could also clinch a uh, playoff berth um, with a South Grand Prairie loss to Waxahachie. Brian... What else are you looking at this week? Because there are a few more games down down the line. Yeah, going to drop down to 5A now, 3A, 5A, uh, excuse me, 3, 5A Division One. We have Arlington Heights taking on Chisholm Trail. Uh, if Heights wins and gets help from Brewer, then they're in. A team that is from the Fort Worth area, and, and it's a new district for them. See if they can make the playoffs. Brewer is playing South Hills. If Brewer wins, uh, then they would be in. They might need some help if uh, Crowley beats Boswell. But uh, Azel 
and Bosville right now are the playoff teams, and uh, three teams are fighting for the final two spots. One final note, and uh, the rare uh, the rare Saturday game. This one is the SBC 3A championship game. The game is being held at Dallas Jesuit, but Fort Worth Country Day right here in Fort Worth takes on the Woodlands John Cooper. That game, uh, that kickoff, excuse me, will be at 5 p.m. Country Day is looking to win uh, a third state title in the past nine years. Would be a pretty pretty strong feat for a program that's been pretty consistent. Right, and I'll be at that game too. Oh, Brian will be at that game. So he's doing the triple header Thursday, yeah. Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know anything about John Cooper, but uh, we'll see if Country Day can win. There, Stephen Murren is is very good, uh, dual threat quarterback for the Falcons there, and see if they can pick up a win, another state title. Last, a quick few more notes from Brian, and he has been all over the volleyball coverage uh, in DFW, and now with the tournaments coming up. Brian, what is going on this week? Yeah, we just had the regional quarterfinals on Monday and Tuesday night. A lot of DFW teams still in it. Uh, regional tournaments will begin uh, this weekend. Uh, Weatherford and Salt Lake Carroll actually match up over there in Haltom City. Flower Mound also in that region after upsetting Byron Nelson, uh, number one Byron Nelson, who came into the game with just one loss on the year. Prosper, who was 5A state champs last season, they're still in it. Uh, fellow district team, Plano West. Also moving on, they will play in Huntsville, Colleyville Heritage, and Birdville. Uh, Birdville, first time in program history, they're going to the regional tournament. Those two teams traveling to Lubbock in 5A Region 1. Lovejoy Red Oak and Frisco Wakeland will be in Richardson. Uh, for the 5A Region 2 tournament. Down to 4A, Decatur and Glen Rose are in Abilene for uh, 4A. Glen Rose trying to go back to the state ti- uh, state tournament for the second straight year. And then Brock and Boyd in 3A. Um, so we'll see. Regional tournament, uh, one week until state uh, is in Garland. Now, because of uh, the election, the Cowboys, obviously happening in the last two days, our, schedule, our podcast schedule got moved back. A little bit. So, Brian, uh, you know, the, the schedule for the stories that we have uh, that are up and that are coming up uh, on Wednesday and uh, tomorrow on Thursday is a little bit different. Kind of give us the rundown of what, what you've got that's out, out on the Star Telegram and DFWVarsity.com as well as our Twitter and Facebook page and what you have coming up uh, for Thursday. Already got AP rankings. Uh, not much has changed, but check those out. See where your teams are ranked in the state. Five things are is already up as I look at some of these key matchups. Uh, power rankings is is also up as I mentioned that Arlington and Lamar uh, preview is also up. Uh, I'm trying to get Birdville and Ryan uh, pre a preview there. You can also check out Week 10 leaders who led the, the area in uh, yards, and then going outside the the bubble cross country the state tournament was last week. So check out that list see if any DFW runners. Uh, got medals. Yep. Again, star telegram star telegram.com and dfwvarsity.com as well as our Twitter and Facebook page for all that uh, great coverage from Brian. Uh, everybody enjoy the those district uh, games with with title implications. And next week will be uh, will be a step up. Will be the big one as we move towards the playoffs. Um, everybody enjoy the games and uh, join us back next week.